1: Hi, this is Tom Bronson and welcome back to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business owners who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in their businesses. In this episode, I'd like to welcome our guest, Joshua Kim. He's the principal at 7A Accelerator. They are a business that helps business owners understand, find and secure SBA 7A financing. Josh reached out to me recently and knowing about the recent time-sensitive changes to SBA lending, I preempted some other planned podcasts to get this information out as quickly as possible. It is a crazy time with the SBA lending right now, and we're going to dive deep into it and do our best to help you understand it during this podcast. So welcome to Maximize Business Value, Josh.
2: Hey, Tom. Great to be on.
1: So glad to have you with us. Tell us uh, about your business, Seven A Accelerator.
2: Yeah. So thanks. You know, again, thanks for having me on. I think that um, you know, it, it. You've got a great audience, and I, I hope I'm able to bring value by uh, you know everything we cover here. So my business, Seven A Accelerator, I identified that there was a tremendous knowledge gap uh, in 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 the general business marketplace about the 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 opportunities that you have with SBA financing. Now obviously everyone's hearing about the EIDL loans, the PPP loans, the the stimulus specific disaster relief that, you know, Congress and the SBA has put together. But what what there's a big knowledge gap about is that the SBA has a ton of great loan programs that have been around for 60 to 70 years that are tremendously underutilized. Uh, you know the main lo- loan program they have is 7a, and that's where 7, 7a Accelerator got its name. But what we do is I identify that there's a huge gap in, in knowledge um, among most business owners about what you can really do with SBA financing. There's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of myths that get pounded in people's head. They hear, you know, they hear a piece of, of bad information from a banker, and they just keep it, and you know, they never bother. So you know what we do with 7a Accelerator is we educate, consult with, and assist small business owners with getting SBA lending. Um, you know, one of the things is right now, you know, there's about 3,500 lenders in the country that do SBA loans, but, you know, really the top 5% of lenders handle north of 50, 60% of all lending volume. So that's kind of what we do with 7A Accelerator. We, we help educate business owners on not only what options are best for their unique situation in their business, but we also help them navigate and find the right kind of lender who can accommodate them because not all lenders are made equal. And a lot of the misconceptions and, and problems that people run into are because they're going to the wrong lenders or they're going for the wrong type of loan for their business. So that's what we do with 7 Accelerator. It's, it's, it's an education piece first, assistance second um, in, in, you know, educating and then assisting them in, in getting the right kind of financing for, for their company.
1: I love that. I'm all about education. I'm all about uh, helping business owners understand sort of complex issues. So what is your background and why did you start this business?
2: Yeah. So my background, it's interesting. Um, If I told you what, you know, if I told most people out there what I was able to do with SBA loans at at, at the age I did, they wouldn't believe me. You know, so I actually bought my first uh, three businesses with SBA loans at 19 and 20. Uh, I bought my first one at 19 and a half. Um, and bought my second and third one, all within about a fourteen month fourteen month span, and I got over two and a half million dollars in SBA financing to to go do that. And um, you know, I, I know this will probably be something that that's of unique interest to your audience with you know exit planning and you know structuring business sales, because one of the great things that you can do with SBA lending is you know buy a business. I know bankers; they will not take my call unless I. T- tell them I have a business acquisition that needs a loan request above a certain dollar amount. You know, there are bankers out there and there are net lenders in the SBA world. That's literally all they do. They, they do real estate acquisitions and business acquisitions. And um, so, <clears throat> you know, the process for me to go do that, it took a lot of time. There was a lot of like missteps and a lot of bashing my head against the wall. And I, I was really confused because I'm like, this is the same SBA lending program why are every, why are all the banks that I'm talking to give me, giving me a different answer? You know, and obviously I was young at the time I was, you know, initially when I was trying to get a, get a line it was, you know, about to turn 19 and stuff. So <clears throat> it was kind of, then I always had it in the back of my head. I'm like, I can only imagine what the average business center is going through trying to, trying to navigate this. I mean, I had, you know, I had a lot more time on my hands cause I wasn't running an active business at the time. I had some e-commerce businesses on the side here and there, nothing big, but you know, it was almost a full-time job trying to figure out which end was up. And so Obviously, I, I kind of figured it out. I figured out what lenders are looking for what I, I kind of cracked the matrix. And I, I consulted with and helped people on the side here and there, you know, physician friends of mine, other people who needed some capital for a partner buy here, or there, because they knew they could call me and I would basically take 10 minutes figuring out where, you know, their, um, you know, where their loan should go, what lender it should go to. And, um, you know, more recently, I, I exited my healthcare businesses. And I said, you know, I think this is a great opportunity. There's there's a lot of Uh, like like you mentioned in the opening on your podcast here there's a lot of time sensitive benefits to the sba 7a and 504 program we 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 obviously don't help with just 7a we also help with the 504 loans that are just for real estate to, to anyone who knows the difference but um you know everyone's focused on the stimulus efforts for ppp and eidl what they don't realize is the regular loan programs the flagship loan programs got you know basically shot in the arm with steroids i mean they have a huge bunch of benefits No fees on the front end. The guarantee fees are waived. They're paying a couple months of loans on the front end. The guarantee percentages are higher. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits. So, that's really why I started this business. I said, look, you know, I have enough expertise and enough relationships with the industry to where I can help business owners. I can accelerate the time it takes for them to get properly financed because I can help them shortcut the process, educate them with everything they need to know, and then obviously just pair them up with the lenders. Instead of so them taking three to six months of trying to find who's going to finance their deal and, 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 and that whole process, it takes me just a couple of minutes because I've, I've been through it before. I've I've worked with plenty of lenders, and I know what everyone's credit box is, so I can you know successfully refer a business owner over and and make sure they get correctly financed. So that's
1: brilliant. That's brilliant. Nineteen years old. Yeah, I didn't start my first business until I think I was around twenty three. When I was nineteen, I had other things on my mind, and business wasn't one of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I know you were going there. Exactly. So uh, let's back up and, and, and let's talk about what exactly is SBA financing? Are you borrowing money from the federal government and how does it work?
2: Yeah. So this is actually one of the biggest misconceptions and, you know, understandably so because it's, you know, there's a federal agency involved. So right now, if you go get an EIDL loan, you're actually borrowing that money straight from the SBA. You go on the online portal, you fill it out. That comes straight from the SBA. And I'm sure there's people in your audience who were able to tap that. I encourage everyone to go online and tap that money because it's 3.75% interest for a for profit business and it's a 30 year term. You're basically getting mortgage, you know, real estate secured mortgage level terms for up to 150 grand for your business. It's a no brainer. <coughs> so um, that in that in those cases for ADO, you are. Bu- borrowing straight from the government. The way that it works for SBA lending, whether it's 504 or 7A, I'll, I'll break down each one. They're a little bit different. 7A is obviously the main program. Um, the lending volume last year was about $25 billion, actually down a little bit uh, from from prior, um, from, from prior years because of COVID. A lot of lenders were more focused on PPP and stuff. But <clears throat> the way it works with the 7A loan is that you will borrow that money from the bank. The bank participates in the SBA's SBA lending program. And so the way it works is, let's say they give you a million dollars. You need a million dollars to go buy a business or, or buy real estate, whatever whatever the use of funds might be for, for you in a situation. You borrow a million dollars. Normal circumstances, the SBA, the government is basically guaranteeing 75% of that loan. So the bank is actually giving you the money, but 75% of it comes with a government guarantee. So in the event that you default on the loan or you have a loss on the loan, the bank is really only out that, that delta, that 25%. Right now, what I, what I was mentioning about these programs having a, you know, a steroid shot in the arm. The guarantee percentage is actually ninety percent. So if you go borrow a million dollars right now from a bank, ninety percent of it is guaranteed from the SBA, and ten percent is is basically quote at risk. And um, I know several lenders who've told me point blank, we are doing deals that we normally would not do <coughs> because we have the ninety percent guarantee attached to it. So you know, it's it's a great time for for people, especially if they've got more risky projects to, to go get financing so you're not exactly borrowing it from the government but you are there are strings that come with it you know um, you know one of the things is if if you you know if you default on it or cause a loss like you've got to still pay that back before you go get any other federally guaranteed debt they don't want people who are habitual you know loss incurs to the government so you know that's just something to think about um, and then you know for the 504 loans they're a little bit different usually the way those work is you know because they're for real estate only um, of it will come from a bank and then 40% 40 of that loan for for your project will come from what is known as a certified development corporation. Those are nonprofits licensed by the SBA to basically bridge that capital. Um, So either way, you're not directly borrowing the money from the government like you would through the EIDL program. But the government is still involved because they're just guaranteeing it, you know, in the event of their loss, just just like FHA loans or any other kind of federally guaranteed mortgage. That's that's the easiest way to equate it for people.
1: You're going through a lender. You don't reach out to the SBA in order to get a 504 loan. You're actually going through a lender. Okay, so that makes sense. So I've heard lots of bad things about the SBA loans. In fact, I've had a bad SBA loan experience myself, uh, which was a little over 20 years ago. In fact, it soured me on sba i had gone through the process on the advice of a uh, one of my um uh, close friends and allies who was helping me with the business and went through a 7a process with a bank that we won't name uh their initials are are uh wells fargo uh but i had a really really bad experience there where we were we were approved i'd been told we were approved we were gonna everything was about to close and then 9-11 happened. So it would have been 2001. So 9-11, 2001. Uh, and, and then they denied that and there was no hope of pursuing it. And I got to tell you, it was a disastrous experience uh, for me. And I I didn't look at SBA financing ever again until recently people like you, Josh, have been educating on it. So yeah. in addition to my own um uh, you know, bias against it. Um, I, I've softened in that quite a bit, uh, of course, as you've helped educate me as many as well as some other folks. But I've also heard other things like it takes a really long time. You got to have a lot of capital. It's a complicated paperwork. Yeah. <clears throat> is all that true?
2: Yeah. So, you know, and this this is kind of one of the biggest things we help clear up misconception wise with, with people, you know, one of the first things I cover in, you know, in my online course is not all lenders are made equal. And um, you know, unfortunately, Wells Fargo does not have the greatest reputation. And, And I'll tell you why the banks that are the best with SB lending are the ones that are hungry. And when I say hungry, they want to make money. They want to make loans. Okay. And so the best lenders are ones that have a vertical devoted to doing SBA lending because done it, done correctly, SBA lending is very profitable for these banks. They take the government guaranteed portion. And this is more for the, you know, the nitty-gritty corporate finance people who, who, who would you know, be interested in this, but the way that the SBA lenders make a lot of money, they take the government guaranteed portion, whether it's 75 or now 90%, and they sell that on the secondary market at a reasonable premium, you know, 10 to 15%, sometimes higher if it's like for a real estate loan, and they sell it on the secondary market. So these loans are very profitable to them. But for banks like Wells Fargo and Chase and Bank of America, what do they care? You know, they're writing hundred to $250 million credit facilities for publicly traded companies all the time. I mean, some, you know, some banks, their their entire SBA division, like I mean, if, if you have an SBA division at your bank and you're doing 250 a year in in, in lending, you're probably in the top 20, top 30 SB lenders in the country. So you know, for them, it's like, well, are we going to go set up the entire infrastructure needed to do an SBA department, or are we just go write, you know, uh, a credit facility for Apple? It's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, you know, explainable situation. So. Um, you know, going back to what I was saying, not all lenders are, are made equal. I, and I've heard that from a lot of people, like even business brokers that I was dealing with when I was actively buying businesses in healthcare, I some actively tell me, you know, you can't buy a healthcare business, you know, a hospice or home health with an SBA loan. And I said, well, I've already bought three. Like, what are you talking about? And like, oh, really? Like, how, how did you do that? I'm like, well, what you're probably dealing with is you had a situation where the banker, in order to save face, told you, oh, the SBA policy prohibits us from doing this. And unfortunately, a lot of bankers at some of the more unscrupulous lenders out there, they do a tremendous disservice to borrowers and, you know, advisors such as yourself about, Ill, you know, misinforming them and ill-educating them about what is really going on. And really, they just don't want to tell you, I can't get it approved at my bank. The good SBA bankers will tell you, hey, here's my credit box. Here's what can I prove? If you have something that falls in the box, we'll do it. If it not, I'll refer it out to someone who can. That's what you want to hear from an SBA banker. So. Um, you know so, so tell me a little bit about a little bit more about it they, they just they basically pulled a force mayor clause and said we can't do it because of
1: 9-11 well that's a, that's exactly what they said is that hey sba has stopped financing because of 9-11 you know the Which economy is at not that true time. <laughs> it wasn't true. it wasn't true but it really it really agitated me because we needed the financing uh and without it uh li- so imagine if you will for transport back in time 9-11 you know, I had recently bought this business, and I was I was needing SBA financing to grow, uh, and we had a great growth strategy, uh, and and ultimately, um, when they refused, it almost forced me into bankruptcy. Um, and because it, it'd been one thing if they'd have said, "Hey, we don't know, we don't know," but I had been told literally, like on on nine ten nine nine. That, that this was approved and it's just now a matter of funding. And then a week later, a week goes by, another couple of days go by and I'm calling going, hey, what gives? And my banker said, oh, oh, we didn't we didn't tell you? Uh, the SBA stopped lending. And so we're not gonna, we're not gonna. Uh,
2: yeah, and uh, <laughs> the thing is, I guarantee you that was, that was a, frankly, excuse my French, a load of shit. Yeah. Because right after nine eleven, what were they doing? They were giving disaster loans to people. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, in times of disaster and economic duress, the SBA is usually someone who's out there actively backstopping by lubricating the gears of the economy by financing small businesses, I and mean, that's what drives our economy, really.
1: And well, so, so, yeah, so if we, you're absolutely right. But if we, if we, we kind of break down the answer that they gave, what what I heard from them was that the SBA underwriters said this is not financeable. What, if they'd have told me the truth that the yeah. bank decided not to underwrite this, I could have taken that package and gone to somebody else and probably did it. And what what I was left was the misperception that the, the SBA. No bank was doing it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, let me tell you. So so one of, that's one of the misconceptions to clear up is the SBA is not involved in underwriting at all for for these 7A loans. For for the, for the most part, there are a few exceptions. Most of the lenders out there that participate in the program, they, they qualify as a PLP. Um, you know, it's basically the preferred lending program. And if they have a PLP status, it means the bank can underwrite and issue the loans on their own. And they, you know, they just get audited every now and then by the SBA, making sure that the loans they're writing are compliant, you know, they're being made to eligible businesses, all that. But yeah, I mean, what they told you was a total lie and the SBA's underwriters are not involved. They were not involved in your in your loan at all. I guarantee you because Wells Fargo is a preferred lender. Um, so you had, you had, it was well within your right and your ability to just go to one of the other, you know, 3,500 plus lenders in the country to, you know, to finance the deal. And, you know, there's a lot of lenders that I work with. They, they deal with situations like that all the time. Can't get done at one bank. So that bank will refer it over. The package is already basically complete. All the documents are there. So they're able to get it turned around and approved in like two weeks and close two weeks later. So, you know, as far as the other question to the other part of your question, does, does it take a lot of time? What usually holds people up with getting an SBA loan, it's themselves. They're not organized. They don't have the ducks in a row. It takes two, three weeks to get their tax returns back from their from their accountants. It's like, how do you want to blame, you know, how are you going to sit here and blame the bank for being slow when it's taking you two weeks to get them basic financial information that you should have on file for your request? It's ridiculous. So, um, you, know, you know. Interestingly
1: enough, that is exactly the thing that causes many business transactions to, to, fall apart. to fall apart because it's not necessarily the, the fault of the buyer. They need information. Buyers need information in order to, to make sure that they're making the right decision and go forward. And when I hear that due diligence drags on and on and on for months, it is 99.997 pure, just like ivory soap that it is, Always the fault of the seller because they can't provide the information that the buyer right. needs. And the longer it takes you to do that, the longer the process goes. And so I totally yeah. get that. This is exactly the same story as selling a business and, and the things that we do to help businesses get ready, because the faster you can produce this information, yeah, the faster the process.
2: Well, goes. And, and I and I tell people I said, listen, if you if you work with an advisor, you know, someone such as yourself, um, who helps prepare the business for sale by getting all that stuff together you go stick every single thing that the that the buyer and the bank will need for due diligence in a folder you can have a term sheet and approval in two to three weeks and you can close two to three weeks after that but you know what usually holds people up it's it's almost always you know and and here here's the other thing this is the other big the big thing to think about for um you know for your audience who anyone who's contemplating getting an sb finance and keep in mind SBA bankers, at least the ones, the good ones that produce a lot of wine, they make a lot of money. And the reason they make a lot of money is they are getting between one and two percent of every single loan they close. So if you're a banker and you're closing $20 million a year of SBA loans, which I, I think based on Colson, Colson services, they're kind of like one of the they have a study they publish every year with lender compensation and, and all that. The top, you know, the top 10% of lenders of, of you know VPs. Business development guys at, at these SV lenders, that's how much volume they're doing. And you just do the math. If their bonus check alone is between one and 2% of their total loan volume, they're making a lot of money. So when you go to them and say, Hey, I need a million dollars for my business, do you know what he sees? He asks you the basic questions How's your credit? How's the cash flow? Okay. If you've got good credit, good cash flow, and the business can support it, all he's thinking about is the next Rolex he's going to go buy with the $10,000 commission check he's like getting from your deal. Like, I'm not going to say that's what it is, but I know these guys, like, They have, you know, they have this mentality, like, look, I don't want to waste my time on shitty deals. I can't finance because, you know, it's going to take me the same amount of time to go get a $200,000 loan out the door as it is a $3 million loan out the door. So do I want, you know, and do I want a 30, $40,000 commission check or do I want the two, you know, the $2,000 commission check. So just keep that in mind when you're approaching a lender, those guys are paid, you know, they, they eat what they kill. And, you know, for you, you're, you're the, you know, they're a hawk and you're, you know, you're a mouse, you know, so they, they want to get your deal done because that's how they get paid. So, wow. you know, that, that's, that's one of the big misconceptions I paint for people, you know, so, you know, some of the bankers, if they ever hear this, they, they might kind of begrudge me for giving out the the inside scoop, but you know, that's how they get paid, you know, so t-
1: you know, to, to you your tell other the question, truth. sometimes the truth hurts right here. So
2: yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's what it is, but you know, those bankers make money. Um, you know, those bankers make money on, on, on doing the deals and, you know, full disclosure, that's how I make my money. I, I help structure advise and put these deals together. Um, you know, cause, cause there's money in them, you know? So, um, but yeah. And then to your other question, you know, do you need a lot of collateral or cash to get these deals done? Again, a lot of that comes down to, it depends on the lender. If you go to Wells Fargo, I'll, I'll tell you another nightmare story about Wells Fargo. Um,
1: and of course they You're don't care. feel like we're picking on Wells. I actually have lots of friends at Wells and have money. I,
2: look, I, I bank with them. I bank with them. They're good for just having a checking account and being able to send wires online. And if I want to go call and yell at somebody, because something's not working that they're great for that. I mean, if right. you want to go borrow money from them, good luck. Um, I mean, unless, you know, they've got decent credit cards and card loans, but that's, that's it. And anything yes. business related, I have a friend of mine, I'm actually helping him get some financing right now. Um, he's in Vegas. He's got various care businesses across, you know, a bunch of different sectors, PT clinics, DME companies, personal care agencies, you name it. He's involved in it. You know, his top line, his top line across everything is probably about 40, $45 million. You know, of which, you know, he's, he's got minority partners in a few of the businesses, but you know, he's the main guy with everything and he banks everything at Wells Fargo. So he's got, you know, 20, 30 different businesses at the bank at Wells Fargo. They all see the money coming into his account. They all see how much money is flowing out to his personal accounts. He goes to them and says, hey, you know, I don't want to tie up my personal cash with buying some partners out. I've got a bunch of real estate deals I'm working on. Um, I'd like to be able to take advantage of SBA financing. They looked at everything. They're like, hey, we can give you $300,000. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? I run $40 million a year through your bank. Uh, You know, my net income on that's like probably four. And you only want to give me three hundred grand?" And they just shrugged their shoulders like, look, this is all we can do. This is what our SBA policies are. And unfortunately, that's how it is with a lot of people. They go to one bank. And, and the thing is, the thing is, the reason, the only reason that he's he's actually trying to go do it again, go get SBA financing is because I happen to be talking about him. And he told me about that nightmare situation. I'm like, yeah, they're just they're bad at doing SBA lending. They're gonna tell you, I had a bank, I won't name them. They told me something that was explicitly false. It's actually prohibited in SBA guidelines. They told me in order to go get an SBA loan with them, I would have to go get a certificate of deposit for like hundred grand with their bank. Now, you know, it's kind of a technical nuanced thing, but in the SBA policy, it actually explicitly prohibits a lender from basically doing a quid pro quo like that, where they're basically saying, in order for us to give you a loan, we have to have you hold deposits with our bank. They're not allowed to do that. So I actually pointed that out and I, I had someone from the SBA email the banker to educate them on that. I've I've since never heard or responded to any deal. I've tried to refer that specific banker, that institution. So I had to go find someone else. But unfortunately, that's a lot of what happens. Most of these bankers, like, you know, if they don't want to do a deal, you know, for that reason, collateral shortfall, whatever, they're going to just kind of like like I was talking about before, they're going to kind of just give you some BS answer just to hope you go away and hope you're ill informed, like 99% of the bars.
1: And they are. So, you know,
2: to to your other question, do you need the collateral? I I guess my roundabout way of answering is is no. I mean, I only had about 20 grand in the bank on my first deal when I got $1.2 million to go buy this business in Chicago. Um, you know, so obviously collateral is not a requirement and there's actually stuff in the SBA. The thing is with the SBA loans, they're required to take a lien on your collateral if it's available. But they are not allowed to decline you solely for the lack of it, provided all the other merits of the request are good. And so that's that's the thing that a lot of banks don't understand, because, yes, they have the SBA program, but they are they're trying to underwrite SBA loans to their traditional credit box. And that's where people get hung up and, and frustrated and they hear all this BS. So you know, the lenders that really understand the SBA program, they are completely fine doing, you know, uncollateralized deals above 2 million bucks. You know, you're buying a business and the air ball above it, you know, less all the assets, you know, the tangible, basically the goodwill, the uncollateralized goodwill across everything is above $2 million. Those deals happen all the time, but it's with a smaller Rolodex of lenders who understand the program very well and understand the nuances of doing change of control deals. They're they're basically just mini leverage buyouts. That's all they are. So they just have to have people who understand like, hey, what are all the factors that go into this business continuing to have this cash flow? Is the management involved, you know, the buyer, are they going to be able to maintain it and run it? And, you know, provided all of those things pencil out, they'll do the loan, but yeah, they, they can't decline people solely based on collateral.
1: Wow. Wow. This, this is a lot of great information. We're going to have to take a break in just a second, but real quickly, what kinds of businesses are ideal for SBA financing and what kind of maximum amount are we taught in terms are we talking about here?
2: Yeah. So if you're going to go through the seven, a program, the maximum amount you can borrow is 5 million. <clears throat> I have some lenders that will do above that. Basically they'll do, um, they'll do 5 million SBA. I'm, I'm, a friend of mine is getting financed through, through a lender. I recommended him um, recently. He's getting 8 million. So he's getting three through conventional bank from the bank and five SBA. Um, <clears throat> there's only a couple of lenders that do deals kind of in that mid range, you know, between lower middle market and SBA, but you can, you know, 5 million is the cap for that. You can go more, uh, if you're doing 504 so you can do like an eight or nine million dollar project through 504 and the reason is because instead of the government on a 504 loan like i was talking about the government's only guaranteed 40 percent so it's not it's not actually based on the max that you can borrow is 5 million the max amount is you know 3.75 million of government guaranteed funds which is 75 percent of the 5 million so you can actually get about 9 million through a 504 project before you actually hit your cap Um, but really any, any, for-profit business in the United States is, is eligible with a couple exceptions. Um, you know, there are some businesses and they have eligibility requirements on the website. You can't be, you know, you can't be, um, you can't be generating all of your, all of your income off like brothels and strip clubs. That's the, you know, they view those as vice businesses. You can't, can't get SBA financing for those, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) And I was all excited. Uh, I was ready to go buy a brothel.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Um, if your business is primarily engaged in in money lending, you know, so short term financing, factoring, you know, they, they don't want that. Or if it's purely speculative, like oil and gas, or you know, trading funds, uh, you know, financial advisors. I'm actually working with a guy. He he needs he needs capital to actually go get all the compliance certification, everything done, so he can start his own you know financial advisory practice. But you know, uh, for I'd say like 99% of businesses out there in the U S that are organized in our full profit will qualify just a few exceptions. I mean, you can't use it to flip real estate, but if you've got a property management company or you've got a bunch of, you know, vacation rentals, you know, that's different. So, you know, obviously if you've got any questions on, if your business is eligible, you, know, feel free to reach out to me and I can answer, but I would say for the vast majority of the audience here that, you know, they're going to qualify.
1: Awesome. Well, we've got to take a a quick break. We're talking with Josh Kim and we're having more fun than humans should be allowed to have. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds.
0: Like it or not, eventually you'll have to come to a point when it's time for your business to transition. Will you be ready? Will you be able to get the maximum value for your business? Brought to you by Mastery Partners. Mastery Class is a 12-month program designed specifically for business owners. We meet once a month as a group to work through our transition readiness assessment, expand your business toolbox through leadership presentations, have live interaction with other business owners. This program determines vulnerabilities in your business that will affect business value and your ability to transition in the future. Whether that transition is in two or 15 years, what you do now has long-term effects on the future value of your business. We have the know-how you need to get the results you want in your business to maximize business value. To learn more and secure your spot in the program, visit mbvmasteryclass.com. That's MBV mastery, Class mastery with a Y, mbvmasteryclass.com
1: we're back with josh kim principal at 7a accelerator and we're talking about sba financing if you haven't figured that out yet so before the break we talked about the mechanics of sba financing let's jump into how business owners can use the capital what kinds of things can sba financing be used for
2: yeah um so that's a that's a great question um you know, it's, and it's one of, the, one of the main ones I get from people is they want to know, what can I do with SBA financing? What can't I do with it? Um, you know, One of the main things that you can use it for is obviously just any growth capital. If you're trying to buy a, a partner, if you need working capital expansion, if you want to refinance you know, higher interest debt, if you need capital to renovate a, you know, a, a building that either you're in or you're buying, I'm, I'm working with a physician friend of mine right now they're probably going to end up buying their building and then they need additional capital to do renovations on it. There's, there's a lot of different options that you can, that you can use it with, but you know, the most common things I would say are just general expansion, capital, you know, working capital for, um, a borrower that has outgrown, outgrown their shoes. Kind of like what you were talking about before. I mean, you bought a business and Wells Fargo screwed you over on, on, um, you know Wells Fargo screwed you over on the, uh, you know on, on the working capital project, but you know working capital is one of the biggest things that I see a general need for, and, and I, I tell people SBA is great for it because it's going to be, you know, if you just need a short term loan just to you know cover bills for a little bit, SBA is, SBA is you know uh, it takes a little bit of time to get it. Obviously, it's not going to be one of those things you get turned around in seventy two hours, but it's it's by far the cheapest and best uh, long term capital solution. For your business. So, um, you know, if you're trying to buy a business, buy out a partner, you just need growth capital, working capital. And obviously there's a million things you can do with real estate, you know, buy real estate uh, provided it's for your business. It can't just be a pure investment property. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much anything in your business that you would need capital for, this will cover. Uh, they also do finance, they also do finance startups, you know, franchise startups and, and this and that. But the, uh, you know, the nuances that are a little bit trickier because they want to, the bank obviously wants to make sure, you have the experience and the relationships in that industry to, to make that work.
1: So I've uh, I've got, in fact, when you're talking about this, it brings up a couple of questions then. Um, I've got a couple of clients right now that are in kind of partnership arrangements. One of the yep. partners wants out and the others want to stay. Um, and let's, let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say we've got four partners, they're all 25% owners. And of course, the proposal would be, okay, we establish the value and in, in all mm-hmm. the three other owners write a, the guy that they're buying out a check for the value. Is this, is that something you could use SBA financing for?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: a partnership buyouts are actually a
2: great option. So <clears throat> walk me through it. There's like how many owners now? There's four and they want to so buy let, one. Buyout. Just
1: for the purpose of this example, let's call it there's four owners and they're each 25% owners, but one of them wants out. And so that'll leave three at 33 and a third each.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You could, you, you could use 7A for, for a buyout like that. Um, And and the the thing is lenders really like partner buyouts because, you know, one of the main risks they have in, in like in a change of control in a business is if, if the management styles of the new owners don't match the old owners, you know, key salespeople leave um, you know, it, that can obviously create issues. So, you know, one of the things that they really like to see is that it's like, okay, well, Hey, there's going to be continuity here. Um, so yeah, you could, you could definitely use seven, a for a partner buy it like that. Obviously all three owners the, the new pro forma ownership structure would have a third, a third and a third. So they would all, you know, obviously one of the things, anytime you go borrow money, you know, regardless of the SBA or not 20% or more is that's the threshold that the bank wants to know who's the owner. Cause that's, you know, that's where they're asking for the personal guarantees for and stuff. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, in, in, in that case, it would be a perfect situation probably just want you know it would be much more efficient use of their capital to to do that than it would to you know use their own cash so that's definitely that's the point i was
1: that's the point i was making you don't have to then dip into your own personal savings account to write this if you can get that financed then and then the then the business is actually borrowing that money and paying back that money then the then the other owners don't have to actually come up with that capital if they can get it financed that way that that just correct a good sense to me so correct so why are, as I've heard you say before, SBA loans are great for business acquisitions below the 8 to $10 million enterprise range. So now if they're only going to loan up to $5 million on 7As and, and 8 to $9 million, uh, on uh, on uh, real estate, how can how can they be a great vehicle for acquisitions below the 7 to $10 million range? And then why is the opposite true? Why would they not be a good vehicle over that range?
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> the the reason SBLNs are great is because, you know, below, you know, what, what you'll find is if your business hits that critical, you know, that critical mass of about three to five million dollars of EBITDA, you can really start borrowing at an institutional level, purely based on cash flow. They don't base it on, you know, the owner's personal net worth and this and that, because the business itself, once the, the, the I guess bankers have kind of figured out over time, once it hits that dollar threshold, it's you know, it's it's going to be stable on its own, right? So the reason that SBA financing is great for numbers below, um, you know, below the eight to ten million dollar range is because a lot of these bankers, you know, they're not going to, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the the issue that they run into is, you know, it's it's just a cash flow equation, right? They they have concerns about you know cash flow and viability of 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 these businesses below certain you know EBITDA number. And so by having SBA involved with the, you know, with the government guarantee and everything, it really alleviates the risk to the bank because now they're going in and basically saying, okay, we know that the government's going to be guaranteeing 75% of this loan. The cash flow looks good, the cash flow looks strong. And that's why, that's why it's a great option. And and I, I I really hate to characterize it as such, but it's a great option because you know, if you go through any other conventional financing you know, mechanism for, for most of these lenders, they're going to want like 40% equity into the deal. And, you know, they're going to want, you know, collateral coverage for this and that. So, you know, a, a lot of it comes down to that's, I mean, part, part of it's like, that's just how banking regulatory is. You know, they, they have to, you know, they're subject to certain rules, what, you know, what they can and can't do, um, you know, with stuff. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind as well, that you know, they are subject to certain laws around, um, you know, unsecured, unsecured debt. Right but with with sba it's great because um the government guarantee is 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 a credit enhancement that's strong enough for them to be able to get around some of those issues so it's it's really just it's overall it's a great option because it allows these lenders to minimize the downside risk while being able to still take part in you know in in deals like this that's that's really why the sba is around because there's this you know there's this gap of, of of what banks can do below a certain dollar amount unless they have significant collateral or credit enhancements behind it um they wouldn't be able to do these t- kinds of deals without without the uh, the sba guarantee behind
1: it awesome so uh, as i set up this podcast at the beginning you uh, uh, our audience heard me say that that uh, i preempted other podcasts in order to get this information out because it is time sensitive so mm-hmm. so let's we've already talked we've danced around some of this and the answer to other questions but let's get real clear Why is now the best time to borrow through this program and what incentives are in place now that normally aren't there? Yeah, so normally, I I think I touched on
2: them earlier, but normally you've got a 75% guarantee versus a 90% guarantee. That's not directly a borrower facing benefit outside of the fact that it will make your deal easier to approve if it's one of the ones that's kind of shakier on the fence that the lender wouldn't normally do. I was working with a guy uh, just the other day um, and then they've got a lot of cash to go into the project. They were just looking to tap SB financing to, you know, possibly keep more cash in their pockets. They needed to, you know, their total project was about 700, 800 grand. They were going to go renovate a place out, turn it into, um, you know, a new salon concept, uh, big, big place. They got a, a great rent credit from the, uh, you know, from the landlord, all this, all that. And for them, they kind of were of the impression like, Hey, it's going to be better for us to, um, you know, tap it. But the lender that I introduced them to said, you know, hey, normally we wouldn't do a project like this, but because of the fact that we have the additional credit enhancement with the SBA guarantee being at 90%, we will look at this project. And so, you know, that's that's actively what they're doing. They are they are actively working with, um, you know, they're actively working with them right now trying to, trying to get their finance. So that's one of the big benefits. The other thing too, is normally when you get an SBA loan, The way that the SVA doesn't lose a ton of money every year is every loan they issue, they normally charge between three and a half and 3.75% as a guarantee fee. That gets lumped into the loan. And obviously you're you're stuck paying that off over time, Um, you know, but they're waiving that right now because they want to encourage more, more businesses getting capital so they can provide jobs to help curb the unemployment. It's just part of the broader stimulus efforts. So that's a fee you don't have to pay um so that immediately saves you almost four percent off the bat and then right now too they're also paying the first six months of the loan for you so if you no, have a whoa
1: they're not just delaying that they're actually paying the first six months of the loan they are
2: yeah they are actually paying the first six months of the loan for you wow so that's uh yeah that's that's a big that's a big um you know that's a big thing right now for for a lot of for for a lot of businesses is that you know you've got the opportunity to you know, and and kind of one of the emails that we've been sending out to people that a lot of they're interested in is, you know, the government will pay you to borrow money. And, you know, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds corny. But when you break it down, that's actually what they're doing. You know, they're, they're basically paying. The, they're subsidizing the first month, not just the interest, the principal and interest. They're paying the whole, you know, payment for you. Uh, uh, you know, it's up to $9,000 per loan. So, um, you know, so obviously you can't go just pull 5 million bucks, have them pay and then return. It. Uh, up
1: to $9,000 in monthly payment, you're saying? Correct, correct.
2: So if your monthly payment is 10 grand a month on your loan, you're still responsible for 1,000 of it, but they're subsidizing 9 grand of it up to six months.
1: So you're still going to get $54,000 in benefit there. Yeah. Uh, you, if- I,
2: I will caveat that is subject to availability of funds. And the, the SB was very clear on that. If money runs out before then, we'll, they're, they're going to keep an eye on it. I, my personal opinion is, I think if the money does kind of run out for, for that unique benefit, they're going to go out and, um, you know, they're going to go out and lobby Congress to, to go get more, more funding.
1: Now, So um, will you know that, I mean, you won't get three months into it. You're getting loan forgiveness or basically payment forgiveness. And, and then, and then for the last, you'll know at the beginning whether or not.
2: You
1: yeah. Can... You'll, you'll know, you'll know when you apply for
2: your loan, uh, if, if they're going to give you the full six months, uh, or, you know, I, they are talking about possibly cutting it down to three, if you know if funds aren't available while they go lobby congress but um you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what comes of it you know um I, I i frankly think that um i frankly think that if there is an issue with capital availability for this part of the program i am I'm, I'm pretty sure that they would just go to congress and lobby for more because it's only going to be probably 2 or 3 billion dollars in the grand scheme of things you're talking biden's talking about another 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus package it's such an infinitesimally small drop in the bucket it's not going to matter
1: yeah totally so there these are a lot so that even makes this more time sensitive so the sooner you can get in line we know that the 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 more likely you are to to get that incentive even if we think that it's going to be extended so that's that's why i say that that's why i've preempted some other stuff so that we can get this information out because it is so so very important um, where does SBA line up in comparison to kind of other financing options then?
2: Yeah, so I would say, I mean, really, you know when it comes to getting financing for a business acquisition, if you need more than half a million dollars, there really is nothing to compete with it. Um you know, so obviously, I know a lot of people, folks in your audience are probably existing business owners. They're contemplating an exit at some point. You know, some of them are probably still growing their business, but I mean, they probably get hit up all the time by, you know, people calling and I'm calling them from New York, you know, Hey, you know, we can offer you express, you know, working capital lines of credit, you know, you you know, they just want, you know, your bank statements, your last tax return, you know, run your credit, but those loans, you know, you're paying 16%. They've got daily paybacks. They've got all these fees. Once you add in all the fees, you're really paying like closer to 30% interest. They're just, you know, they're fucking sharks. Um, so what I would tell people is, you know, it's it's just the cheapest capital because it's got a government guarantee behind it. That's, that's, there's no way to explain it any more simply than that. You're you're not going to get better terms than a loan that's guaranteed by the federal government. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a, that's just a fact of, 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 yep. of life here. So, you know, what other options do you have if you want working capital? Yeah, there's other options out there, but you know, when, when you really break it down, what other options are there that are actually competitive with SBA financing you know nothing. There's really nothing out there that's going to be anywhere close to competing from a rate and term standpoint. You know, SBA ten year SBA ten year loans are the norm for regular seven A stuff. You can go for between ten and twenty five years. You know, all these other short term working capital loans—they're they're what like eight to eight to seventeen month payback, like like really odd, weird numbers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you're you're not going to get anywhere you're not going to get anywhere close to um, the terms you will with an SBA loan by going with one of those online shark lenders. Uh, So, you know, what other options are there too for, for, for partner buyouts? Really, really there's no, you know, there's really no other options out there for, for partner buyouts for people. If you, you know, if you need to buy out your partner, um, you know, not a lot of lenders, not a lot of uh, financing institutions that do, you know, other types of, of financing are going to be able to help you. And so, that's, that's why, you know, and, and, it's funny, I'll, I'll tell you the first business I bought, if it was actually owned by two guys that were having a dispute, one wanted to sell, the other didn't. So if the guy who didn't want to sell knew about how to leverage SBA financing, they wouldn't have sold it to me. Ah, you know? yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that's why I'm trying to put this out here. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of business owners where that's, they're in their shoes. They don't like their partner. They're having disagreements on the direction of the business. And, you know, they want to just, they just want to be done with it and they just want to, uh, you know, they want, they they want to find some way to buy their partner out, get the partner out, whatever the case might be. And SBA is a great option for that. Um, but you know, again, that's, that's why we're doing, we're doing educating people about it because, you know, if you're in that situation, you call me, I'll ask you very high level questions, 10 minute phone call, and I'll be able to structure the entire, you know it'll probably only take about an hour of working with me to walk through the numbers, structure the buyout, do everything, find your lender and you know the, the equity value to whoever is able to benefit from an SBA and it's you know hundreds of thousands at minimum if not millions of dollars over time it's it's just such a shame that not a lot of people know about you know these these financing options that's that's oh. why that's why i'm doing what i'm doing with 7X accelerator because i know there's plenty of people out there who don't know what they could uh, be taking advantage of well, so. I think
1: that I think that that's really kind of the answer. As as you're talking, I'm thinking like then I wanted to ask: Why would it make sense for somebody to work with you as opposed to trying to go to figure out this all this stuff on their own? Why Why would they? Why should they work with somebody like Seven A Accelerator?
2: Yeah, and and I tell people very very much upfront: Listen, if you know how to go get financing from a bank, I'm not going to be able to bring you value. You've already been through the process; you know how to do it. But and the other thing too is sometimes. If lenders know that you are shopping the deal with two other lenders, they're not going to stick you on, <clears throat> on the proposal they give you. They're not going to stick you with the maximum interest rate. It's prime plus 275 is the maximum they can charge for a regular 7-8 loan, right? Um, and unfortunately, most borrowers, you know, it's like shopping for a mortgage. Are you going to go take the mortgage offer from the first bank you talk to? No. Oh, I mean, obviously some people do, but you shouldn't, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. You could get a better offer somewhere else. Anytime you go car shopping, house shopping, whatever you're looking for, you're going to go look at options. And so, you know, one of the benefits of working with someone like me and and, and my company is anytime I'm referring a deal out to a lender that's coming from us, they know to give a competitive offer. They're not just going to stick you with the highest rate. Right. So You know, there is that benefit, but, you know, really the benefit to most business owners is they're busy. They're busy running their business. They have a a great realm of expertise in running it. And they don't have the time. You know, I would estimate for for a business owner who doesn't know anything about SBA financing to try and go out there and get half a million a million dollars for their business it's going to take them 30 to 40 hours of their time talking to the wrong banks. Cause they don't know where to start. What do you do? You call Fargo, you call your local bank. They're going to get the same treatment that you did back in you know, 2001 with, with your situation. They're going to get, you know, fed a bunch of crap, a bunch of crap information. And um, you know, it's just going to be a big waste of their time. So working with someone like me will save you a lot of time because I know, you know, I'm going to know who finances, what kind of projects and you know, the time savings for, you know, for, for the average business owner can, can, could be tremendous. So that's that's really where the value is in working with someone like me. I'm going to save the business owner a lot of time by making sure they're working with a qualified lender to start, as well as we're going to make sure, um, you know, as well as we're going to make sure the, uh, the loan requests or the loan proposals that they're getting are actually competitive. So, you know, obviously we're, we're catering to the people who are busy running their business and they just want someone to come in take the, you know, several years of experience. I look young, I'm only 23, but I've been doing this since I was 19. So I know a good a bit about
1: it. Um, so all this was happening with me with uh, Wells Fargo back in the SBA time when you were probably still, you know, like three years old or something. So <laughs>
2: yeah, I I, I, was around
1: looking, then, I remember,
2: yeah, I remember 9 11. Was, I was in Colorado at the time. My dad was teaching at the Air Force Academy. My dad's army in my background, but he was teaching at the Air Force Academy. We were living in Colorado at the time. And uh, I, I, I do remember it. But But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the benefit of working with someone like me. I have a role at exit lenders. I know what credit box, you know, each lender has, I know what lenders, you know, what can be done and what can't be done at individual lenders and the amount of time that will save, you know, you, the business owner, you know, someone who wanted to reach out and possibly work with us, uh, it's, 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 it's huge. So that's, that's really where we truly bring value is by being able to, save the business owner's time and make sure they get a competitive offer on financing request for their business.
1: It pays for itself. It really does yeah. pay for itself. It makes sense to me. One last business question because we're going to have to run here in a second. Uh, this podcast is all about maximizing business value. So Josh, what is the one most important thing you recommend business owners do to build long-term sustainable value in their business?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say one of the things that if you're, if you're contemplating an exit and you're wanting to sell it within the next two to three years, one of the things that I can definitely recommend, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you tell all your people this too is, as they work with you, Tom, um, stop running every personal expense of your business. Because when it comes time to going to the lenders, SBA lenders, they understand ad backs, you know, but if you go in there and you're like, yeah, yeah, this is my personal cell phone bill. Here's 400 bucks here, 200 bucks there. The, you know, the SB bankers, they just kind of roll their eyes. They're like, look, what are the top three ad back categories that we can actually verify your personal travel meals out? That's about it. You know, if you're running your car, you're this you're, if you're running every little aspect of your life, or your business. Okay, great. I get it. You know, you, you're going to go from a taxable liability of six, $700,000 a year, maybe down to 300. Okay. But what that's going to do for you on the exit multiple is you might lose a whole multiple in earnings on the exit. So, you, you know, for the two three years before selling your business, keep really clean books. You know, obviously it's okay to have an um, you know an ad back here or there, but make sure you can just break it down into one or two clean categories. It might be even cleaner to just set up a separate management company, quote unquote, and then just you know take twenty k a month out of your main business, pay your management company, and then you can run whatever the fuck you want out of your management company because then it's easy for them to see. Oh, I have a management company covers all my personal expenses. And that's an immediate twenty k a month they can add back to cash flow, without having to you know do too much financial maneuvering. Uh, so that's that's definitely a tip I would have for people.
1: I think that's a, that uh, is a great tip. I call that adjustment fatigue. Buyers get a, and bankers get adjustment fatigue. So uh, those are some great tips in there. Yeah. Uh, but but you know you've made it all the way to the last question. You know, uh, and everybody everybody listens to this podcast in order to get to this question. So. Here it is, are uh, your bonus question, what personality trait has gotten you into the most trouble over the years?
2: That is, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, and, you know, full disclosure, guys, he sent me this question ahead of it and uh, ahead of the, ahead of the interview. Don't spoil it for
1: him, come on, they all think <laughs> I'm this on you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, well, you know, frankly, even though I spent a whole day thinking about it, I, I um, you know, I, I think the biggest personality trait for me is that, you know, I, I'm very confident in my area of expertise. And so sometimes there's some people that can come across as kind of like asshole-ish. I just tell them like, look, you're full of shit. You can't do this. And it's like, okay, well, why is this kid telling me I can't do this? And it's it's not because I think I'm that much smarter than anybody. It's just like, I know what works. And I know what doesn't work because I deal with it all the time. And so I've rubbed some people the wrong way, you know, especially business brokers. I've pissed off a lot of business brokers, because they're like, you know, they sit there, they give me their spiel, you know, because I'm looking at buying a business, and whatnot. And I say, look, you know, they're like, I've been doing this 20 years. I've been doing this. I'm like, look, I don't give a shit. Look, let I me mean, look at the numbers. I look at the numbers, and the numbers are full of shit. I tell them the numbers are full of shit. And I tell them why they're full of shit. And I then I tell them the broker why they're full of shit. And then they don't like that. I'm like, listen, you know, your whole thing with adjustment fatigue, you're trying to tell me this guy, how are you adjusting it from a negative 56 grand a year on his tax return? to plus 700K and you want me to pay $3 million for this thing, it's worth 500K. But they don't like to hear that because they don't make money on that. So, you know, I'd say that's, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily gotten me in trouble per se, but it it definitely has, has, um, you know, not contributed to.
1: (laughs) It It hasn't made you very endearing to some. It doesn't
2: make me super endearing to some of these business workers, but, you know, again, I I don't care. You know, A lot of them are just, you know, a lot of them are really kind of, crooks and it's you know it's it's not my favorite thing well to we do to
1: know do. some really great ones but but i agree that there are certainly some challenges out there how can our viewers and listeners get in touch with you josh
2: yeah so i i know that we'll be putting a i guess we'll be we'll be putting a link in the podcast description you can kind of find me through through my site you can you know i can reach out try to book a call if you think that Working with someone to help you raise the capital would, would be of, of benefit to your business. I've got our national Rolodex of over 100 lenders that I, you know, talk to on a frequent basis. I know what they can finance, what they can't. So obviously reaching out through our website would be great. You know, um, you know, my email, we can put my email in there if you want to reach out to. Um, you know, and you know, if, if you've got an immediate or, or near-term or even more of a long-term financing need. I know, Tom, we we, we were talking before the podcast about you know you've got a couple guys you're working with right now and it might be good to get their business uh, looked at by some of the bankers just get a just get evaluation you know an evaluation put on it um, so yeah we'll we'll put all my contact information in in the uh in the in the, in the description below obviously you can reach us through the website 7aaccelerator.com i've got I've got a ton of information on there now. Still adding more as we go because I'm trying to take some of the case studies of, of people that I've worked with and actually put case studies on there and show them what we've able, what, you know, what we've been able to do. But, uh,
1: but yeah, we don't, we don't normally do this, but we're going to put a link directly to the Seven A Accelerator right on our website. So, so you can, if you happen to download the podcast from the website, then you can go right to the website, get the link, uh, and go straight to Seven A Accelerator. Uh, if, um, um, of course, you know, all the other ways, but, uh, but we're, we're committed to doing that because this is so time sensitive and so important for folks to, to take action on it now. So thanks Josh, for being a great guest, uh, and taking the mystery out of SBA financing for us.
2: Yeah. Glad to, glad to be on the podcast. And, you know, anytime, you know, to anyone listening, if you guys have questions or, you just want to explore, you know, feel free to reach out and we can we can definitely see where we can help you. But I was telling Tom before we got on the podcast too, I think that if every business owner really truly knew about, you know, how great SBA financing was and how to navigate it, you know, the, the lending volume nationally would be 10 times what it is right now. It's, it's just such a superior financing option for any need in your business compared to anything that's out there. But uh, what trips people up on on trying to go for it is they just don't know where to start, and that's that's why I started this business. We want to put as much information out there for business owners on, hey, we're gonna break and you know we're gonna shatter all the myths for you. We're gonna show you what you really can you know accomplish with it. It's and, brilliant. you know, obviously help everyone and, you know, help everyone and anyone get the capital they need to do what they want with their business. Because, you know, for us, the more successful case studies we can have about, you know, working with people, getting them the capital they need to scale their business and what they, you know, on, on whatever they need to do, uh, the, you know, the better it is for us. So
1: It's brilliant. And I am so glad that our paths have crossed. You can find Josh at 7accelerator. That's the number 7accelerator.com. You can find him on LinkedIn. And of course, we will put a link directly to it right on our website. So you can go right to our website, masterypartners.com. And of course, you can always reach out to me and I will be happy to make a warm introduction to Josh. This is the Maximize Business Value Podcast, where we give practical advice to business owners who are passionate about building long-term, sustainable value in their business. Be sure to tune in each week and follow us wherever you found this podcast. Be sure to comment. We love your comments and we respond to all of them. So until next time, I'm Tom Bronson reminding you to take advantage of some great deals on financing from the SBA while they're here, while you maximize your business value.
0: for tuning in to the Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Brunson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their terms. Learn more on how to build long-term sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website, www.masterypartners.com. That's master with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out.
1: That was perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.